Hi everyone, welcome again to the TLGP podcast. I'm Matt and again I'm joined by Colin as we continue our journey through the five simple steps to maximising your PE and school sport premium spending. So today we're going to look at step three, which is planning your spending for the 2018-19 academic year. But before that, we'll just have a quick recap on the five steps. <laughs> the 2018-19 academic year. It was good. Oh, thanks. It sounded, um, it sounded like you just couldn't say the word academic. Academic. That's better. Hamilton Academicals. Done it. So yeah, we're going to look at um, we're going to look at planning your spending for the 2018-19 year. Um, <laughs> but I think firstly we'll just have a quick recap. So we've looked at over the last uh, two three weeks. I get lost on my numbers now. Don't look at me, Val. Are yeah. we on week three? Is this is this this is deciding what you need to invest your money in, right? Yes. Okay, so this is step three. So step one was complete the audit of where you currently are. Step two was setting your goals as to where you want to be. So you remember last week we talked about SMART goals. Yeah, yeah. Can you remember what they are? It was an acronym. It was an acronym. And it was, uh, if I remember rightly, they've got to be specific. Correct. Measurable. Correct. Agreed. Yep. Realistic. Yeah. And time framed. Very well done. You've done your homework. I've so tried my best. Have you noticed I've now changed the dynamic and you are almost the uh i'm the presenter and you're the voice a lot more to speak about yeah do you like that or do you want to go back to normal i'm fine so um yeah so we looked at last week we looked at uh setting the goals smart goals and now it's about okay how do you get from a to b how do you get from where we are to where we want to be how do you decide what to spend your money on what to invest your time in what needs doing in school so that then next week step four you can look at how you're going to track it how you're going to make sure you get there and then step five is actually tracking it and being able to change it when you realise that perhaps it's not going quite as you wanted it to be. Okay, so a decent place to start is the start. Where is that? So, yeah, we're going to look at the start at basically planning the spending to meet the objectives for this year. So we're going to look at bridging the gap between where we are now and where we want to be. So, and that that's all areas. So I know this is about the PN Sport Funding Report, so therefore, you know, we, all, we, we, we remember the money bit of it, but when you're looking at how do I get there, you need to look at more than money. So it's not a shopping list. It's not a case of, um, right, we're gonna get from A to B and I need to buy C, because buying C will not solve the problem in itself. So there'll be personnel re- requirements, there'll be time requirements, there'll be, um, there'll be sort of requirements on office staff, there'll be uh, you know, so you've got to you've got to get more than just a shopping list out of this. So that's the first thing we're going to look at how we sort of look at getting from A to B and what areas of the journey we have to do. And and you know, we'll use I think the the same analogy that we kind of started with a lot last week, which was if you remember back, we were looking at one of our uh, goals for the year being to increase after school club or extracurricular participation to 75% of unique children from 40% from 40 yes yeah. so it had previously been 40 we were going to go to 75 that was our goal and then the next question you ask yourself is right how do we do that so we've set our we've set our smart goal this is now how do we get there so things to think about and there's no real order to this but this is just the general stuff right so first of all it's understanding what you did last year to get to 40%. So it's all right knowing what you did last year, as in the number, Yeah. but do you know the breakdown and the makeup of how you got to 40%? So we ran two clubs a week, 
Uh, it was always football and netball or whatever, and that got us 40% of unique children. Because by knowing that detail, you'll know if doing things differently will help. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, if you don't know the detail, you might go, well, I've got an idea to get from 40 to 75%. We'll run football and netball clubs. Oh, yeah. But that's what we did last year, and it and only, only got, got 40%. 40 correct, yeah? yeah, so you've got to know the detail. So then, then once you know what you did, you've got to almost bridge the gap from there. So you can assume a little bit that that might get you the same result, yeah? If I run a football and netball all year round, I'll get 40%. Okay, so it's worth asking the kids what they want to do. Yeah, exactly. So then your next your sort of next one is, right, well, what, what will get people to come? So what sort of things do the kids want to do? Now, that won't necessarily get them, you know, because there are factors outside of the children. You know, can mum pick them up at 4.30? Um, do they, you know, they, they do drums on a Thursday night so they can't stay late at school or they've got a swimming lesson on a Friday so they can't do an after-school club on a Friday? But you Very can, experienced, that is. Yeah. <laughs> But you can get ideas of some of the things that the children want to do. So pupil voice, get some ideas and get some options and then plan them out through the year sensibly. So this is another one, you know, nobody wants to be doing a uh, cricket after school club in spring one. No. Because either you're going to be stood fielding and it's freezing and yeah. dark or B, you're going to be playing it inside in a hall that's suitable for 120 kids to sit in not 12 kids, 15 kids, 20 kids to play cricket. Absolutely, yeah. So it's got to be done logically, and that's part of the planning process. You know, when is a good time for a cricket after school <laughs> club? When is a good time for a uh, hockey after school club, whatever? And then your next question is, who's going to run them? So who is going to run them? So do we need to bring in external support? Have we got the staff? Have we got the skill set? And have we got the time and ability for our own staff to be able to run these. And that, going back to your smart, is where you get the agreed bit. Yeah. Because if you're going to say to people, like, we're going to go to 75%, oh, and by the way, that means every teacher is going to run an after-school club. If that's not agreed, then they aren't going to do that, and then you're not going to get 75% because that was what your plan was based on. Yeah, but Mr. X might think, wow, first time I've ever got the chance to use my lacrosse skills, I'll do a lacrosse after-school club, exactly, or whatever yeah. it may be. But then, so then that leads to the question of, right, okay, so we've got the staff to do it internally. Do we have the equipment? So yes, Mr. X can do his lacrosse lesson, but unless you've got a pack full of pop lacrosse equipment in the cupboard, yep. you're relying on him having some at home, which just because he plays lacrosse or has coached lacrosse doesn't mean he's gonna have 20 plastic <laughs> sticks. Yep. So, you know, have we got the equipment? Is is it different to what we've done before? You know, because if it's not, will it get the right result? I think it was Einstein that said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and trying to get a or expecting a different result. <laughs> yeah. You know, so yeah. this is about knowing where you are, planning what you're going to do, and then for each step of the way, assigning money to it. You know, so taking the analogy we've just talked about is, is it going to cost me anything to gather the pupils together to do pupil voice? Hopefully not. Hopefully yeah. I can fit it in. But it might, I might need an hour release, but hopefully my TA can cover that or whatever. So no. Yep. So now I know what we want to do, and I've diarised them in to do them. Who's going to run them? So... Do I need to pay for some external support into this? Do we need to factor in coaching costs? If we don't need to factor in coaching costs as and our internal staff are gonna do it, do I need to factor in equipment costs? Now, have we got the right stuff to deliver that, that after school club and make it enjoyable for the children to want to keep doing it? Yep. You know, so it's all right saying, well, we'll do a we'll do a tennis after school club. Let's do a tennis after school club. Good idea. Have we got any nets? No. no. We don't really need nets though, do we? Because they can just play with like with a line of cones. 
yeah, they could. But would they want to keep coming back if they actually got to play on a real court? Yeah, it's a big difference, isn't it? You know, so what? It, three nets for a hundred quid might be a really good investment because actually that might mean that instead of getting ten kids to the tennis club, we might get twenty, might get thirty. You we know, can now, we can now start teaching it in PE as well. We've got all the equipment. Yeah, so that I mean, that's we'll come on to that about sort of the PE and the curriculum mapping and things like that. But that's that's the kind of idea from when you're looking at things like after school clubs and that you have to go through that questioning and then you assign a cost to every element of the questioning. I've got to go back to what you said about, or sorry, what Einstein said, uh, you know, the definition of insanity, doing the same thing, expecting a different result. I think that's got to run true a little bit when people talk about improving the quality of teaching and learning in school. Yeah, yeah, I mean, totally. They, uh, I think that some schools, you know, we're not, we're not going to generalise and I think it's important that schools evaluate themselves in this process and you know going back to step one of just being really brave and honest but some schools have done the same thing for a long time now you know that's that's the reality of it and the the funding's been around a long time there's i think we talked before about seventy-five thousand quid minimum that most schools have had over the last four five six years you know and they've they've done the same thing for a long time and you know whether that be a coaching company or they followed a particular scheme of work, you know, or um, it's something that you really need to review and plan when you're looking at spending your funding. Uh, what do you mean? In what way? What? Well, look, improving teaching and learning is undoubtedly the most important thing for schools to get right in regards to PE. Okay. Because if you're teaching and learning if PE is right, then you increase children's love of PE. And if you increase children's love of PE, they are more likely to come to after school clubs. They are more likely to go and play sport outside of school. They are more likely to uh, lead a fit and healthy lifestyle. They are more likely to have better mental health. They are more likely to continue to be active through their teens and therefore they are more likely to continue to be active into their adult life. Simple as that. That's a utopia, isn't it? (laughs) There you go, that rolled off the tongue. But, and it all starts with my love of PE at school you know so I I need to make sure as a subject leader that the quality of teaching and learning is paramount to my plan okay so to do that you've got to you've got to invest properly and a few kind of tips or ideas or just things to that we probably all know but have forgotten about you know subject leaders need to observe lessons 100 percent. okay so even you know even external provider lessons so i think that sometimes subject leaders feel that they are not qualified to observe somebody who is a professional delivering a pe lesson now what i would say is that First of all, you're paying for service, so you're making sure you're getting value for money. If the coaching company says, oh, you don't need to worry about that, we'll observe them and make sure they're doing a good job, bear in mind the position that the coaching company finds themselves in. So, you know, if if you're in a school coaching, I come and watch you coach, okay? I run the coaching company, you're the coach. Let's just play that scenario out. If I come to watch you coach, 
and you are awful, terrible, right? Now, I know it's hard to imagine. I, 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 it's not registering. Yeah, I, I know it's difficult, but let's just pretend okay, I'll try that I'm best. watching you and you are awful, right? Go on. The subject leader then stops me in the corridor and says, oh, you came to watch Matt today, didn't you? How was he? What am I going to say to her? <laughs> as, a, as a business owner or, or as an honest person? Yeah, exactly. I so I turn around and say, I'm going to be honest with you, he was awful. It was possibly the worst PE lesson I've ever seen. He couldn't control the class. There was no structure. They didn't... <laughs> They didn't work towards learning objectives. There was no assessment for learning. You know, all this sort of stuff. I just want to remind everyone: this is all hypothetical. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. is not me. Yeah, no, no, you are quite good. Um, but if I did that, honestly, then I run the risk of that subject leader turning around and saying, "Okay, thanks. We'll be in touch. You know, bye bye." <laughs> yeah. So what do I really do? I say, "It was. It was. I'll probably because I'm not a dishonest person. I would probably say something like." It was good, yeah. And then walk away. <laughs> or, it was fine, fine. A couple of areas of improvement. Yeah, we've, de- we've, we've identified a couple of development areas that he's going to work on as part of his CPD, but on the whole, it was fine and the kids really enjoyed it. That's, you know. So, you've got to remember the position you're in as the customer. So, the customer should always be observing and reviewing the product. And that's what subject leaders need to do. Now, if you're watching a, a coach and you're thinking like, you know, that... that his subject knowledge isn't great or you know I'm not sure I agree with that or whatever then just remember that these coaches a lot of them are less experienced at teaching PE in school than you are now I know that sounds a bit weird but think of it like this is that coaches are generally hired based on their ability to coach yep so they will be hired based on their qualification, level two football, level three rugby, whatever, of coaching a particular sport in a particular setting. So they will coach rugby on a Sunday morning at a local club. Here's the problem. They will be coaching it to 16 children of a certain age group that want to play rugby, not 30 children of a different age group that don't want to do dance, yeah. for example. They will be coaching a sport that they know everything about, not a curriculum that is broad and varied that they have to know about all of. So the coaching background, for want of a better word, that they've been employed on isn't always the same and is very unlike what they will then be doing in their job. So it's a bit like hiring somebody based on their ability to drive a car to drive a motorbike. It's kind of the same, but it's a bit different. So you should never feel like you can't watch it or critique it because your ability to teach will be fundamentally better than theirs. Fact. All that will change is your subject knowledge compared to theirs. And if you don't think it's at a level where it should be, then you have an issue. Now, you know, when you're looking at teaching, quality teaching requires formative assessment. Okay, you have got to be able to assess how your lesson is going track understanding track progress to shape future lessons so if you're watching lessons or whether that be staff or external providers is there a method in place that actually tracks assessment and progress so that we can see that the children are getting better and we can shape the learning that's coming in the future accordingly because if there isn't then again you're going to struggle to show that you can improve quality of teaching and learning because you don't know so we're going back to that question of is it smart is it measurable 
How do I measure if the children are getting better if I don't have a measurement tool in place? And lastly, improving your teaching will improve your learning outcomes. So the children will get better quicker. They will have a deeper knowledge, a deeper understanding, and they will know more about the whole round elements of PE. Again, can you track this? Because it's all right saying that, but if you can't track it, how do you know that the teaching is improving? So I'm going to say that fundamentally, just around the number of times you've used the words, tracking and monitoring a key? Yes, and you know that's what next week's is. But this is about, if I'm going to spend the money, can I track and monitor it? Because if I can't, then I need to spend money on tracking and monitoring it. What is it you need to spend on? Tracking and monitoring, is it? I just want to make a note of that. Tracking and monitoring. Got it. Yep. But you've got to factor in. This is where, when we're looking at costs, you know, you've got to factor costs into this process. And they are not always material costs. So it's not always about a body or in a piece of equipment. It can be about time. You know, it can be about um, sort of discussions. It can be about meetings. It can be about pupil voice. It can be about release time. You've got to just factor in the cost, whether that be monetary or physical, of tracking that improvement. That's the important thing. Okay, I'm gonna go back to something you said a bit earlier about coaching companies. Yeah. Uh, so if a school or our school whatever you want to call it is using coaching and company support teaching and learning yeah what advice can we give to the schools out there okay look I think it's important at this point to say that we we don't have anything against coaching companies per se okay so you know if a coaching company is good and if a coaching company is working towards the long-term objectives of the school then there is 150 percent a definite need and opportunity and ability to use coaching companies Def in school. Yeah, no absolutely. issue with that at all. Where coaching companies sometimes fall down in schools is it's a business at the end of the day. You know, it's a business and the, the person or the people that run it are business men or women. Yeah. And their job is fundamentally to make money as a business. So subsequently, you know, they will roll in their best coach to do that free demo session for you and get you to book into it but then they'll replace that best coach with somebody who's perhaps not as good when you've signed the deal you know they will they will look at um trying to prioritize some of the schools because of the amount the school spends on them so if you're if you've booked them in for one afternoon a week then they will sort of prioritize the school that's booked them in for four days a week because it's a bigger contract it's a bigger gig so they don't always have i suppose the moral of the story is they don't always have the same objectives as you do you know they don't know their children as well your children as well as you do generally you know they yeah. don't have that understanding of how PE affects the whole school how you can take advantage of some of the massive cross-curricular opportunities that come with PE you know we've talked before about teaching cricket and looking at angles and looking at you know and all that external coaches are sometimes there just to coach and not necessarily teach so you know whilst we're not saying don't go cancel your contracts whatever all we're saying is if you want some top tips then here's a few monitor it regularly that's number one monitor it regularly you know whether that be physically walking in and looking at the lesson or physically just or, or, or listening to the children or speaking to the teachers you know bear in mind if you're taking advice from people or you're taking input from people try and understand what their 
perspective of it all is. Yep. So I'll give you a, a scenario of if a teacher doesn't want to teach PE and there is a coaching company doing that for them, asking that teacher sometimes if the PE is good will only get you one answer because if they say no, they might have to do it themselves. Okay, yep. So, you know, am I, if I'm asking people, are we, are we sure that their answer is for the right reasons? Are we asking the right people? Yeah, are the children just enjoying it because it's active? We're just running around, we're just playing dob for an hour. You know, children will love it, but are they learning anything? So it's, you know, if you're gonna ask questions, ask the right people the right ones. There's nothing better than penciling in some release time, paying for it at your premium if you need to, and then going in with your own eyes and observing lessons. So that's, that's kind of number one. Number two is, fundamentally, coaching companies are in school, or should be in school, if it's being paid for out of your PN Sport premium funding, to enhance the subject knowledge and confidence of the teachers. Okay, okay great, yep. So you need to ask the question, what's theirs? Ah, oh, yeah. yeah. What is their subject knowledge? Not about the rugby that you've seen the level three certificate in which allows them to coach in school. What is their subject knowledge about PE? Do they understand formative assessment? Do they understand learning journeys? Do they understand the national curriculum? Do they know where a child should be in year three, year four, year five, year six? Can they teach dance when they're a rugby specialist? Can they teach teach cricket when they're a netball specialist? Can they teach hockey when they're an athlete? You know, what is their subject knowledge? Does it stack up to be able to realistically improve yours? So that's kind of number two. Yeah. <clears throat> number three, food for thought. There is a huge difference between coaching and teaching. <laughs> We've had that conversation many times, haven't we? Ma massive difference. What is their experience of teaching in schools? That, that is a question that you should be asking. Not is what is your coaching experience? What is your experience of working in schools? Now, everybody starts somewhere. They may say, oh, this is my first job in schools. I've worked with you know, young children at this place, young children at that place. I've got experience working with children. I've just never worked in schools. That doesn't mean they're gonna be bad. What that means is they need to be monitored more yeah. thoroughly. So do you know what is your experience? So I can get an idea of where you should be. If somebody turns around and says, what's your experience? I've been teaching in schools for the last 10 years or I've been coaching PE in school for the last 10 years your expectation of watching that lesson is massive because it should be the best thing you've ever seen. Of course, yeah. So it's, you know, understanding what their experience is. Ensure they know your goals, not the other way around. They don't set your goals. We want 75% of kids attending after school clubs. No, you need 50 or 60 is probably better. Why I do you know. think? Well, you got 40 last year, you know, 50 is a good improvement that's not for them to do yet their job is to understand what your goals are and help you work towards them their job is to agree the a to your goal yeah because you are paying them to agree to help you deliver your goals i will let you into a secret if you turn around to a coach and say how many kids do you want to your after school club they will say a lower number because it's easier to manage yep got a hockey after school club tonight what's your optimum number 10 why so we can end in a five on five game yeah what about if you have 20 well then i've got to referee two games at once and ooh, that makes my life a little bit harder yes but it also doubles my unique number yeah so it's whose motivation is where and that's you know that's important and then lastly i say this one quite a bit and people raise their eyebrows but a good coaching company should do themselves out of work 
you can't see this I've just raised my eyebrows <laughs> they should a good coaching company should see themselves out of work just like a good driving instructor should explain well if you're a good driving instructor people pass their test pretty quickly and then they don't need any more lessons Ah, if you're a good sports coach or a good coaching company and your job is to improve the quality of teaching of the school staff then a good one would do that and then not be needed anymore that makes sense that's because it's right yeah absolutely you know so if you've got somebody who's been coming into your school to support teaching and learning from a coaching company for the last six years if your son or daughter, we use your son and daughter. So my son turned 16 last Sunday. Ooh, yeah, last yeah, Sunday. Last, 16 yeah. last Sunday. So next year he'll be learning to drive, right? Yep. And the bank of dad, no doubt, will be paying for said driving lessons. You are a good man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the insurance I'm more worried about on the car. But anyway, <laughs> so the bank of dad will be paying for the driving lessons, right? So let's pretend that I'm going to give him some... This this lesson money is going to be a we'll call it we'll call it Kian's driving funding premium, right? And I'm going to give him <laughs> X amount of hundred pounds a year, which will equate to one driving lesson a week, right? <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Okay. If I have to give it, if I'm keeping giving him that money to pay a driving instructor to teach him how to drive six years later, you're still sweating at the thought of this, and he hasn't <laughs> learned to drive by then something is fundamentally wrong and we'll assume from that that either Kian is a ridiculously slow learner or the driving instructor shock horror ain't very good or if we're being really cynical the driving instructor sees Kian as a bit of a cash cow and just thinks hold on a minute his dad's paying me I don't know how much driving lesson 20 quid a week 15 quid a week I think it was 16 when I did it and that was 17 years ago all right, well, let's let's say 20 quid a week just for... Can't much more than that, surely. Anyway, God, sweating there. Um, so <laughs> this driving instructor thinks of Kian as basically £20 a week. And what incentive does he have for Kian to pass his test? Uh, very little. Because that's 20 quid a week, I'm worse off. I know I can go and get another customer, but I've got one. So that's more work if I go and get someone else. So the point is, in this elaborate story about my 16-year-old son... Is that I'm going to go and be a driving instructor. <laughs> yeah, is that, is that driving instructors make money. But no, is that if you... If you're continually paying for something and not seeing the improvement that you thought you would, you would in any other walk of life change the provider. Yeah, of course. That's what you'd do. You'd stop spending your money on A to B driving instructors and you'd go to C to D instead. Because that you'd try something different. And if if you're looking at your coaching company and thinking, right, we've had this guy, girl for six years, why have we still got them? because ultimately they've probably not done what we set out for them to do which was to improve the quality of our teaching yeah and we've probably just still got them for the reasons you said earlier about you know just teachers don't want to teach the PA yeah and that's what it is so is there any other things that we've got to remember when planning when uh, planning how to achieve our goals I think the key is just mapping it out you know map out the journey as thoroughly as you can and try and preempt all the obstacles that come along the way so how can I smooth it before it happens you know prevention is better than cure have we got everything we need to achieve okay so once you've got the clear planning then you need a detailed what's the word I'm looking <laughs> you'll like it a to-do list you do yeah. like a to-do list don't you <laughs> yeah kind of I mean look with each spend double check to ensure that it works towards your goals that's the first thing for example 
you know, if we're, if we're looking at a curriculum map to improve teaching and learning, so we said, right, our curriculum isn't great, that's going to have an impact on teaching and learning. We need to look at a new curriculum map, so we're going to plan out that curriculum map, or we're going to buy in a scheme of work or whatever. And we're also looking at increasing clubs to 75%, then all of our equipment that we spend money on should impact one of these. So if we're then saying, right, I'm going to buy some equipment, it's either got to be to impact the 75% of clubs number or the improving teaching through our new curriculum map. So if we then decide we want to spend a thousand quid on a piece of wall equipment for gymnastics, you know, first of all, is that in our curriculum map? Are we teaching stuff that needs that equipment? Because if we're not, then we don't need to spend money on it. Have we got a gymnastics club penned into our curriculum plan to increase our participation numbers? Because if we haven't, we don't need to spend money on a thousand pounds worth of gym equipment. So it's accountability, if you like. Is that what we're yeah, for? Is, it, is it valid everything. and is it accountable? And therefore, you know, we make sure that we don't spend things on, spend money on things that are going to gather dust in the cupboard. It's not a wish list because we've got the money. It's everything we spend is taking us from A to B. Everything is showing us the right way to go from uh, where we currently are to where we want to be. So do we have to take into account like future costs, ongoing costs, if that makes sense? Well, yeah, I mean, if you use the example of the wall equipment, you know, that's going to need servicing. You know, so that that ten that thousand pounds that you pay now, potentially coming down the track is going to be another two hundred quid here in two or three years, another two two hundred quid here, another you know. So you're gonna you're gonna have an ongoing cost for something that you won't potentially have funding for in years to come. So you know, is it is it a sustainable investment if we do something like that? Probably not, you know, because we're just we're going to be milking the cow even drier down the line because it's more money to spend. So do we need it? Do we need it or do we just sound like my kids in the Christmas list, you know, like, do you need it or do you just want it? <laughs> you know, and if you don't need it, then revisit what you do need because there'll always be stuff you need. That's the, that's yeah. the, there'll always be stuff that you haven't thought of that you can spend money on. And that's, you know, the, the, the really sort of good analogy or the good example I can give you is I was at a school uh, last week, I think, or maybe the week before, I can't remember. And, they, we were talking about teaching and learning and we were talking quite fluidly about kind of the quality of teaching and we were talking about sort of how the, um, the assessment of the lessons was difficult. You know, teachers really struggled to find the time to assess while they were teaching and not impact their quality of teaching through that. Yep. They didn't have TAs in the lesson, so there wasn't kind of that support network with them because the TAs were doing something else when they were doing PE. So it's like they were really struggling, basically, to use formative assessment to structure their learning. So it was very, it was almost like paper plans. You know, it's like, we'll teach that, then we'll teach that, we'll then teach that, with no real reflection of whether the learning was right in week one that led us to week two or yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know? <clears throat> so it was like, right, there is a, you, you need to find a solution to that. Oh, we can't find a solution to that. Why not? Well, we can't hire a TA because we can't, and we can't do this, and we can't do that, and we can't do this, and we can't do that. But there's always a way, you know. So, so then it was like, well, have you thought about filming your lessons? You know, and it was like, well, no. And it was okay. So if you in the world of sport, video is probably the most used commodity in training. Full stop. Yep. So every every high level sports club, 
every professional club will film all their matches, they will film all their training sessions, they will film the opposition or they will use video of the opposition and they use that footage to analyse their performance. So when the coach is on the playing field, uh, you know, and we'll use the Pep Guardiola or someone like that, he's standing on the side of the pitch and yes, he's watching what's going on and yes, he's imparting knowledge to the lesson and yes, he's, he's changing it when he needs to and he's doing all this. But fundamentally, what he'll then do is sit in his office with his feet on the desk and he'll watch it back because then he'll see stuff that he didn't see live. He'll see that perhaps from a different angle, the person who he was questioning the, the direction of his run was actually in the right direction because he could see it from above now rather than from the touchline, that different angle. You know, you can, you, you're can you not following the ball so you can see what the defence do when the attackers are in the other D. You know, where were the defence? Do they push up to the halfway line? Do they stay too far back? So you see a bigger picture and subsequently, you can look at what you need to look at from that video. What's the difference with PE? No, there's none. There's none. Apart from so, the cost of Guardiola, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> but the, the principle is fundamentally the same. You film the lesson, you teach the lesson, and then after the lesson, you watch it back and you look at the children individually and you go, oh, actually, he did get it. And the fact that I wasn't seeing it or anything at that time doesn't mean they can't do it. You know, you then look at it and go, actually, they're, they're not really engaged in this or that didn't work or this didn't work. And you use it purely as a method for assessment of of performance so to basically sort of see measure their progress and you look at it as a tool to shape the learning ongoing when you then look at saying to schools can you put that in and you go well we can't really afford it it's like you need you know three ipads and a couple of tripods it's going to cost you two or three hundred quid to set up a recording unit around the hall or the field yeah that that is the answer there is always an answer just because the problem isn't a simple one of it doesn't always have to be people. It doesn't always have to be, we haven't got the resources, we haven't got the staffing, we haven't got the... There is always a way. And sometimes technology is it. Sometimes it's specific equipment. Sometimes it's a specific skill set of somebody. You know, But fundamentally, there is an answer. You've just got to find the answer. Excellent. Okay, well, thanks everyone again for joining us today uh, on the TLGP podcast. So remember, we've been through setting our objectives, planning our spending and ultimately deciding that you've got to hire Pep Guardiola. Uh, we'll be back next week to discuss how to track our progress, uh, ensuring we meet our newly agreed goals. And as always, if you've got any questions or any spe- need any specific advice about planning your spending for this academic year, you can contact us on info at tlg-pe.co.uk or again via any of our social media channels. Thanks for listening and we'll see you all again soon.